Damn, Ripley, your ass. Be you Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Gaggle of Gays podcast. I'm Alaska. I'm Kim. And Taylor's gone again. <laughs> R.I.P. that pussy. Hey. hey. <laughs> she, to be fair, it is holidays and she is gone. She had to drive 13 hours to Texas, which sounds actually awful. So I don't know how she did it. And she's going to have to do it again. She's probably doing that as she's listening. Hi, Taylor. Because I think she goes back when this releases on the 31st. Oh my god, New Year's Eve! Yeah! I'm so excited. Me hearing you be in the other room, but not in here. I'll cry because my uh, oh, face is up in that. Up in that. <laughs> uh, well, how was your, um, how was your day? How was your morning getting up and cleaning dog mm -hmm. shit? Oh, not shit. Fucking Diarrhea. <laughs> Diarrhea, yeah. Waking up at, like, four in the morning to clean that up because I thought it was Apollo. And it reeked so, so bad. So you, you cleaned up you cleaned up Ripley shit when it could have been Jordan cleaning it up. Yeah, because we thought it was Paul. That. It hurt. It hurt that a lot. That one set me off. That, I, would, that would kill me. <laughs> I put on a mask because it smelled so bad. No, it was... Trigger, trigger warning, shit. I feel like we talk about shit a lot in this podcast. But, <laughs> <Me too>. um, <laughs> no, I woke up and it was like the foulest, hottest smell. It is. At, at seven this morning and I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, God. I'm so glad I didn't stop and I'd kill my... Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jojo no, just stepped in, the, in, in the it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slid in it, actually. Oh. Yeah. Skated on it, yeah. Slid in it? Yeah, because, you know, it was... <laughs> no, I know, I trust. <laughs> I trust. No, because Apollo was cowering, and then Ripley was jumping around like, ah! And that's why we put Ripley away into your room. But if <laughs> we had known, throwing... That's like a bomb into your room. Just like here. And then we were going back to sleep, and I was like, should we grab Ripley? And JoJo was like, no, she's probably already up in that bed. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, she was just shitting on your floor, too. <laughs> she, she was shitting on my floor, and honestly, I I thought I was dreaming or something, because I heard the door open, and I didn't know what time it was, but and I vaguely remember seeing Jordan's face, but I didn't remember <laughs> seeing Ripley. So I was like, no, maybe I'm dreaming, because I, right, I went right back to sleep. So Ripley at no point was up in my bed. She shut my floor and then hid underneath it. <laughs> oh my god. I had no idea she was in there. I was like, oh my god, Fern needs to go to a vet. It's like, Fern never poops in my room. Even when she was locked into, like, to Jordan's room for on accident that one time. Yeah. No, and we also thought it was Apollo because it was near the door. And we were like, oh, at least he tried, you know. Also, I don't know how it didn't wake us up because shoo fucking we. And then making that trip downstairs in the middle of the night, oh, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough morning, haven't slept that much, but it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's Wednesday. What's fine. Thursday? Everything's fine. Thursday. It's Thursday, so, I mean, we only have, what, three, four more days? Mm, I can't do math. Three more days until the new year. Do you have any New Year's uh, goals? Resolutions? Uh, get prettier. Oh, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting. 
I do I do want to go to the gym. Yeah, I need to get back on uh, the gym routine too. So and I feel, I feel like that's everyone's goal, but I think honestly, if you were to go, I'd be more likely to go with you. Yeah, everyone is usually more likely if they have like a gym buddy to go with, so that's fair. Yeah. We no, also I, yeah. Go ahead. Those, oh, I try to I try to be like a be a fucking gym baddie with my with my ex, but uh, he was just like very intense about it. I was like, I don't like going to the gym with you. He said maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not like that. I mean, I work out, and that's it. There's just yeah. Right, like I appreciate instruction, but it was just like it wasn't. He's was like, yeah, we can't we can't be hee hee ha ha in here. I was like, why? I'm hee-hee-ha-ha all the time in the gym. Especially right. if I'm with somebody else. That makes it more fun. No, really. When me and Kenny did it together, me and Taylor too, yeah. Sometimes some tears were shed, but that's okay. Hi, he was like, you know, he's like, no, we have to be serious about this. It's serious. So it was like, okay. oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, we literally drank all day and we made different Christmas drinks. They were good. But we drank, passed out, woke up, drank. Faded, yeah, yeah, we drank. just drank. Faded, <laughs> drank. But like we the whole weekend. That you guys had a good holiday season. We hope you have a good New Year's Eve, New Year's Day too. But we can, I guess, we could like go and get into what we're actually talking about today. Yeah. Is there any trigger warnings before we start? Before we forget? Um, trigger warnings, mentions of suicide. I guess they didn't really talk even much about blood. We'll see. If there's other stuff I think about when we get there, uh, I'll do it. But mainly, true warning, suicide. Mentions of suicide, at least. Always check the description, because if we miss them, we usually put it in the description. Yeah, definitely check the description. So if I remember anything, then I'll add it in there. So do you know of anything about the story of Jennifer Fairgate? No, no, I do not. Oh, yippee. This was mentioned by Jojo to me and then I started reading into it and then I got swept into a hole. So it's good. It's good. I they have a unsolved mysteries episode on it. I'm not sure exactly I think it's season two episode two. I'll let you know whenever I get to that in my notes, but I can't remember at the time. But I would suggest watching it. It's really good. So let's get into it. Our story today takes place in Oslo, Norway. And that's the capital of Norway. And within the city, there is a hotel called the Radisson Blue Plaza Hotel. And it's a very luxury hotel that has 37 floors. And it looks to be all glass from the outside. I'll show you a picture of it. It looks pretty wild. Ritzy. It's, yeah, it looks pretty fancy. I said on the Ritz. On the Ritz. And because of this, the way it looks and... Just how, I guess, fancy it is. It's attracted many famous people and politicians because it's also pretty expensive to stay there. Which, it's expensive, but when I think of expensive hotels, I think like $500 in US yeah. money right at night. Let but, me let me guess, let me guess. You said it's Norway? Yeah. Expensive. Yeah, expensive to me would be like, like $400, What is it like? Translated into like, U.S. currency, yeah, about two hundred. Oh, I mean that's like not ideal, but that's not that's not crazy. Yeah, but they consider it pretty expensive. So 
It's been known for famous people, politicians, even known for secret meetings between uh, politicians for the peace agreements between Palestine and Israel, which fucking free Palestine. Obviously, they didn't do shit with those peace agreements for them, which was really sad. So... Okay, the wave's been going on for so long that it's... For so long. Like, this was so long ago, whenever they... I think the documentary came out, like, 2010-ish? I can't really remember. Yeah, and even before that. like And even before that, yeah. Because it was known to be doing that in the 1990s. I can't remember when this hotel actually opened. But, yeah, it is also known to locals as just the Oslo plaza hotel and it's known across the world for this case in particular today too to the point that the case is even mentioned on like the wikipedia site for the hotel so pretty big so let's get into on may 31st 1995 a woman named jennifer fairgate checked into this hotel with a man who accompanied her and his name was apparently lewis fairgate Descriptions of Jennifer were that she was a white female, about 5'2", 150 pounds, and she had short, cropped black hair, which a lot of people think it was possibly dyed. It just, I guess, looked that way. And she had blue eyes, and they said when she spoke, she had an Eastern German accent, but she could also speak English. And even though they have such a good description for her, there wasn't really a good one for her companion, Louis. Louis, Louis. I'm pretty sure it's Louis. Right. But... Why did they read her for having dyed hair? But I know. Does <laughs> it look look dyed? Look fake? Could have been a wig. <laughs> like, so here's a sketch of her. I can hear you talking in the other. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. So no, no, that's such a detailed sketch too. That's a very specific face, and they couldn't they couldn't even attempt to describe the. I guess to be fair. Touring, she dies. Or, spoiler, she dies. Um, so maybe that's why that they have it that detailed. But yeah, n but even before, I think everyone was just like, yeah, I don't have a description for him. Like, none of the hotel staff. Is he, like, an unimportant character in this? I kind of, but also not really. I feel like a lot of people should have at least paid enough attention to him to... Because you'll see. You'll see. So... Okay. While she was filling out her forms uh, for the hotel, the information that was provided on there was Jennifer Fairgate, which is, Fairgate is spelled F-A-I-R-G-A-T-E, and this was typed out on the form because she had called a day prior, I think it was a day before, <clears throat> and said that she would be coming with her companion. And so they already had that typed out. And then her date of birth was August 23rd, 1973. The telephone number listed was 3568-326548. And her home address was 148 Rue de Lons Station in Verlaine, Belgium. And her place of employment was Cerberus, Belgia. And so this is wild to me. While checking in, she did not provide an ID or a credit card. So she didn't pay at all. But they oh. went ahead and checked her in for a three-night stay in room twenty-eight or two eight zero five. No, because that's really that's really scary. That's really scary. Because like, like obviously it's her, but like anyone could just do that. Do that, yeah. And that's very even back then. That's very customary that you get the ID and also pay before. So what? Why did they not do that? I think that's very interesting. Did but... they ask her those verifying questions like the phone number and the? 
I I mean, I guess, but I mean, they don't have like if she had an ID, they could be like, oh, what's your home address, and then she could say it, but she didn't have an ID, you know? Yeah, that's weird. So that's very interesting. Hotel staff definitely fumbled that a little bit. So during her stay, Manny said that she did not really leave the room that often. And they said that they also didn't see Louis with her. Louis, Louis. Appreciate Louis. I'm gonna be thinking about that. But he's not that important, kind of. So. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> kind of, but not really. Kind, kind of, but, but maybe. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't leave the room that often, except for June 1st, which was her second day there, because they could see when she entered the hotel room because of the key card records, but they couldn't see when she left. So anytime she put the key in, it tracked it. And so they said that she was gone at least by 1 p.m. on June 1st because the hotel staff entered the room and around that time and said that it was relatively clean. It hardly looked like anyone stayed there. And then it said on the key records that she came back to the room on June 2nd around 8.30 in the morning. And she didn't leave after that. So, pretty chill, I guess, stay. Except for, like, unremarkable. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of... At the same time, she left for, like, a whole day, almost. So why would you book a hotel and then just leave for one of the days when you're only there for three days? Interesting. Interesting. And then on June 3rd, which would have been her fourth day, and as we remember, she only checked in for three days. Um, so on the fourth day, she still had not paid for even just the three days that she was meant to be staying there. And so the hotel staff kind of got like worried. She wasn't answering the phone. There was nothing, no communication at all. So they sent one of the security guards up to the room to talk to her about paying. And when the security guard arrived at the door he knocked and he immediately heard a gunshot oh god and so he was like oh shit so he walked a little bit ways down the hall and waited for probably like two minutes because he wanted to see if anyone would come out of the room just in case like there was someone that shot and then yeah yeah i wouldn't i also would not like charge charge a room like that yeah especially i feel like Hotel security is not really equipped for something like that, especially by yourself. Yeah. I don't know. So I thought that was a good idea. But then after two minutes, he just left and went downstairs to get backup, which I understand getting backup. But couldn't he like call someone sooner or yeah, there's no way he could have signaled to them. I, and it's a big ass hotel, as you've seen, like t- going back down to where the security would be and coming all the way up because that room, I can't remember exactly what floor, but it was close to the top. So after I can see like in a panic situation, like maybe kind of pausing and not knowing what to do, but yeah, there's gonna yeah. be a faster way to Mm-hmm. And also this hotel is not like it's a really nice hotel, but if you're having like political arrangements and other stuff like that, I would be worried that something like that would happen eventually. A fucking assassination or something. Yeah, so you would think that they would have had better security uh, protocol, I guess, for something like oh, this. Oh, yeah. But he left, and that left the room unsupervised for about 15 minutes. And then the security, like all of them, I guess, came back and they opened the door with their like. The key card that opens everything, basically. And then, then they smelled something, like, very acidic and, like, sour. 
So they just closed the door and they waited for the police to arrive. And at least they did call the police. Like as soon as that guard made it down, told them what was happening, they called the police. But the police didn't arrive until 50 minutes after the first gunshot. Or at least what they think was the first. Almost an hour? Yeah. So also, I was just thinking, like security, wouldn't they have like a walkie-talkie? That's what I'm saying. How do you not have like a walkie-talkie or anything? Like surely, surely there's not just one security guard. They just have one of those uh, cups and a string. <laughs> no, like sort of judge the back up, but I was like, oh, right. Really? So, fifty minutes after the gunshot, they entered the room, the police and security, and they found Jennifer. Oh, actually. I'll go back to it later on. I forgot. Um, So after entering the room, they found Jennifer Farragate lying on the bed with a gunshot wound to her head. And she had a Browning 9mm pistol in her hand. And so, like, when she was laying on the bed, her feet were off the edge. So it was like half her body was laying. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't fully laying down. And that's kind of an awkward position if you were going to do that to yourself. Mm. Even more weird, the gun was placed in a very odd angle with her hand over and sorry, with her hand and thumb over the trigger, like facing upwards. And it's hard to explain, but I'll show you a picture and I'll also post it. It's very, I've truly never seen someone hold a gun like that, much less if they were going to kill themselves. Yeah, no, everything about that is awkward looking. Right. It's so weird. And so. It's not normal angle, and there's also, if you notice in the picture, no gunshot residue or blood at all on her hand, but there is blood on the gun. And the bullet went through her skull. So if she was holding, even if she was holding the gun at that angle and shot herself, it would not only get on the barrel like it chose, but it would get on on her hand. Yeah. There's no possible way that it would... And she was also dressed in black heels and, like, black tights, and there was no evidence of a struggle. And I'll send you a picture of, like, the bottom half of her. And you can see the way that she was sitting on the bed as well. Yeah, just from the way you described it, it's very odd. Nothing's yeah. really... Oh, everything about that is is strange. Also, like, um, I don't know what the statistics are on it, but... I've heard that women are less likely to kill themselves with a gun because it's a mess for other people. Yeah, I've it's heard usually like that too. pills or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in a hotel where there's a lot of people, it just doesn't seem very likely. But besides the initial observations, they continued to look around the room, and what they found was that the door had actually been double locked from the inside, which is interesting. And there was also a shot into one of the pillows on the bed. So the cops originally believed, and I think they still do believe, that the first shot was kind of like a test shot. And then the second one mm-hmm. was the one that took her life. But that would mean that would mean at least like two minutes after the first shot would have been the second shot. Because the police officer, or the security guard was already gone. They, yeah, they said that they waited a good minute. Unless... It is possible that the first shot already happened into the pillow, and then the second shot, when the security guard knocked, was the one that killed Jennifer. Uh, They also found that all the labels in her clothing had been removed. So, like, cut out. 
She also had no toiletries and she had no cosmetics or anything like that. And most of her clothes were just like the top half. So like shirts and stuff. She didn't really have many pants. And then she had like That's... heels. Interesting, right? That's really weird because like this is this is her hotel room, right? This is like the room she checked out. Yeah, this is her room. Oh, okay. So my first thought was like, was she lured into someone else's room? And they tried to. I don't know. Like, that's yeah, so weird. No, this is the original room, and also beside the bed, they found a suitcase that had twenty five more rounds of the ammunition of the gun that took her life. If you're gonna kill yourself, why do you have twenty five more bullet. rounds? Right. Even if you wanted to do like a few test shots into whatever, like if she did do it into the pillow, like they were thinking. You still don't you need 25 it. rounds to... But also, like, you would hear that. Yeah, definitely. And also, the gun was missing the serial number on it, and it looked like it had been taken off using acid. And if you're killing yourself, you don't care if people know what the serial number of the gun is. Right. So, very weird. Also, the fact that the, it was just a whole suitcase that was filled with rounds is hey. wild. So, kind of makes me think that someone else is trying to kill like a bunch of people at this place. Yeah, and also, Lewis was not found; just gone. No idea where he was. I forgot about him. Yeah, and he's supposed to be in that room at least, so you think, or at least show up at some point. So immediately, the police, even after seeing all of this, determined the death to be a suicide. Right. They even said they were 99.9% .9 sure that it was a suicide. Stupid? Right. <laughs> so, because they thought this, they did not check security footage or anything. And obviously this hotel has a lot of security because it's a high-class hotel and used for very important things. But they didn't check it. Nothing. But what was interesting is they were- because the thought was cut dry, suicide- and they went to tell or went to look for her family to tell them like your daughter passed away or like if she didn't have parents your sister passed away and they found out that Jennifer Fairgate did not actually exist pardon yeah so they did an autopsy and they found that she was not 21 like her birth date would have shown but more between the ages of 25 and 35 they thought and that's when more- Respectfully, she didn't look like she was 21. Oh, yeah, no. Are you kidding me? And that's, like, not a dig, but you can tell the difference between a 21-year-old and a 25-year-old. Definitely. And so, once that came out, people started to question more about what actually happened and who she was, because what the fuck? But the police, after this, kept the body for a year because they were hoping that someone would come forward with, like, information about- what happened but nothing happened they didn't get any tips or literally anything so on june 26 1996 after having no information they buried her in an unmarked grave plot in oslo since no one knew her na real name <gasps> isn't that so sad it you like any kind of dna or anything or nothing they didn't i don't know how that works but they didn't extract any dna either because at the time, Norway did not have any any way to test DNA, so they just didn't. Put her in a hole? Yeah, an unmarked right. hole. Right. Yeah. So, after all this, the police just kept the ruling as a suicide. 
No further investigation was continued. Uh, her counterpart, like I said, Louise was never seen again. Never heard from. Nothing. And so it's, it's awful. And there's just some things with the crime scene that don't add up to it being a suicide, like, at all. Even in the slightest. Like the whole thing. Yeah. Besides what we've talked about already, the important part is mainly the gun. So the gun that was used was a Browning 9mm pistol, which is interesting because that's the most commonly used weapon in military, or one of the most common used only in military, and then also criminals because the gun's illegal. So if you're not military, you're not supposed to have it. Hmm. So, very interesting. And because it's a military-grade weapon, this means that it's very powerful and it makes the recoil very strong. And in in the documentary that I watched, there's a guy in a shooting range and he's shooting that pistol and that would throw me on my ass. And I'm like oh my God. 200 pounds. And that she's my height too. Yeah, there's no way. That would throw me on my ass. She's only like 150, 5'3". Yeah, no. And so... She was just, like, just draped on the bed. Right. And, like we said from the crime scene, the pistol was still in her hand and also at an odd angle. Um, some gun experts analyzed and said that this type of gun would be way too powerful to stay in one's hand after shooting it. Especially the way that she was holding it. If she really did hold it like that and hit it and sh- hit it and pull the trigger, there's no way. And so... I dropped it. For right. sure. Right. Not just it be sitting there. In her can, in her grasp. In her hand, yeah. And also, if she'd done it, they also don't think that she would have just been lying on the bed. She would have flown back. The gun probably would have gone a different direction. And also, like we said, no blood on the hands. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> but all and over the draped barrel. her so peacefully. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like the way that her hand is positioned, it looks like just sleeping. Yeah. Because the other one, the other hand looks to be on her chest, too. So, mm, that would like be she was posed. very, yeah, exactly. And so, they tried to work on finding out where she was from, because maybe if they could really pinpoint where she came from, they could put out something in that region and get more information. Because here in Norway, she at least said on her... Uh, card that she filled out that she was from Belgium and this is Norway so maybe it would make sense that no one here really knew who she was if she was on vacation or something but so they weren't sure though if Belgium was correct considering her name wasn't correct on there and a man named Lars Christian Wegner he was a journalist for VG I can't remember what it stands for. And he wrote for the newspaper. And he is so determined to, like, having this case solved. I appreciate his dedication because he also feels like she shouldn't be in an unmarked grave. No one deserves to be, you know, not remembered at all. So he wrote an article in 1996 about this whole case and was hoping that if he spread the word, he could maybe get some information back. But, like I said, there was no one in Norway, at least, that had anything. So, eventually, he and one other guy... I don't remember who the other guy was. I think he was just... I don't know if his camera is working on the crew. But they went to the small village, Verlaine, which she had put as her address. And that village did exist. It, it was real. And so, 
the village was really small, about 4,000 people lived there. And they were hoping, since it was so small, that they could take the sketch, the one that I showed you, and mm -hmm. walk around the village and just see if anyone knew who she was. And so, because especially like 4,000, I think my hometown was like 10,000, 15,000 range, and I feel like I knew everybody at some point, some type of connection. And so, they asked around, they even spoke with the mayor of Verlaine at the time, and he said that he had lived there his entire life, literally on the same street. He said he knew everyone, and that's how he became mayor, was getting to know everyone, and he said that he didn't recognize the woman in the sketch at all. So That's so scary. Yeah. He was like, mm, nope, been here for- he definitely would have been there when she had been there. And so, then they were like, okay, well, maybe- for some reason, randomly, no one in this town knows her. So they went to the address that she had specifically listed on there, which was 148 Rue de la Station in Verlaine, Verlaine, Belgium. And the street was real, which is good. So they were like, okay, cool. So they walked up and down the street, but the numbers only went up to 100 before going to a different street. There was no 148 street address. So the street was right, but the 148 specific That's address so did not so someone exist. knew the area well and maybe they just like looked up small towns in the area and just kind of guess on a number yeah that's what i was thinking but that or she did have some type of like maybe she had vi visited this village before or something but enough to know a street there but put a wrong address which i maybe that's a good thing because if she did put one that existed maybe someone would go there thinking that she had some affiliation with it when she didn't but it's also very interesting because she put that as her home address which would mean that she would need a passport to go from belgium to norway but she did not have a passport when they searched her room there was nothing no id no passport nothing to even give the slightest clue who she was the no id is crazy to me i don't Especially if they're hosting so many political stuff, like, don't you want to know who's staying who's there? there? Yeah, in case something goes wrong. But they said, nah. She said, do you need my... They said, no, you're good, go ahead. She said, all right. All of this, like, them going to the little village was shown in the Unsolved Mystery episode covering the case. And also in that episode, they recreated what the scene would have looked like if she was, in fact, killed by another person. At least what they think the scene would have looked like. And while they were doing this, they showed the attacker, the attack, oh my god. <laughs> so they showed the attacker on top of Jennifer and was showing like the attacker pinning her arms down with their legs. And so pinning them down to the sides and then shooting her before placing the gun in her hands. So it makes sense that the gun would get the blood and then they would have yeah. bloods or whatever. But, and so, but this also brings the question because they said that there was no struggle and even if she didn't know the person she's gonna struggle if something like that's happening at least somewhat and so they believe that she could have been sedated or drugged and her I body think did, like, did look really limp so that's a possibility yeah almost like she was sleeping so i think that could be a very high chance and then about 20 years after this investigation so it went on for 20 years nothing at all the body of Jennifer Fairgate was dug up in order to get DNA from her in hopes of solving the case. Because by this time, they had the ability to actually test it. 
And it was weird when they, because they also showed the digging up of the grave, and I didn't like that. And they were like, it was more preserved than we expected it to be. I was like, go fuck yourself, actually. I was like, maybe you should have gone that before, then having to disturb a grave, which is already unmarked. I don't know. It irritated me. Sorry. Not sorry, but... Yeah. And, like I said, they didn't have the DNA in 1995, so didn't... (laughs) But also, it didn't seem like the police were that worried anyways to... Like, even if they had collected DNA, I think they would have just thrown it away. So this probably would have happened regardless, but... Because they couldn't even look at cameras, they said... Mm. But after collecting DNA, they sent it to be tested, and they actually uncovered that she was part German, and they assumed it was Eastern Germany because of the accent that she had while she was speaking to the person working the front desk. That's interesting, also, that someone was able to recognize that she had an Eastern German accent. That's very specific, because why didn't they offer that before? Right. That also means English was not her primary language, um... And that she likely grew up specifically in the eastern region of Germany. So once they got this, they were like, oh shit, okay. So she's probably eastern Germany. We can put out a like newspaper article about this like with her picture and explain what happened. And maybe someone will come forward with information because they could have like grown up with her, went to school with her or whatever. And they put one out specifically in Berlin. And they did get tips and like some information but none of it led to identifying her like truly so it's like oh yeah i probably saw her this one time but i don't know her name or anything like how could there be no record of someone that's really scary isn't it it's so scary and no family at all coming forward because if she really was from there you would think that a family member would be like that right would recognize her Yeah. yeah like it, was anyone like posting for were they checking for missing people reporting like missing people or that's another thing they anything were looking you know for when they were investigating they were looking for missing persons also that had her description or even a picture of her and they did not find anything and you would think that's also bizarre. like even if it wasn't in the specific region they were looking around this became worldwide so if someone saw a missing poster, even in the U.S., and they were like, oh, well, this person looks like that, so... But nothing. Nothing at all. When they were extracting some DNA, they also took some of her teeth. And I thought that was very interesting, but this is really cool to me. It turns out that there is a type of radiocarbon dating technique that can be used on teeth to dis- determine someone's age by the amount of carbon-14 levels found in the enamel of the teeth. Oh, wow. I didn't know that because I knew that they did, like, dental records and stuff, but... Yeah, that that's what I always think of when I think about teeth, but this one, I was like, I've never heard of that. Even the people in the documentary that we're working on, they were like, yeah, when they said that, we said, huh? And so, this is able to be done because of the nuclear bomb testing in the Cold War, which the Cold War lasted from, like, March 12th, 1947 to December 25th, 1991. And so that means that anyone born in between that time period would have at least some type or some amount of level, oh my god, some amount of carbon-14 in their enamel. And if you were born closer to 1947, then you would have a higher amount because that means you were in that period longer. And if you were closer to 1991, then you would have less. 
So that was how they were dating people. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild? I did not know that they could do that. So um, after testing this with her teeth specifically, they discovered that she was actually 24 years old at the time of death. And they presumed that she was born in 1971 instead of the birth year being 1973, like she listed on the form after arriving at the hotel. So I was like, hmm, very interesting. Very interesting. So but she filled out the form, but why would she, like, why would she do that? Right. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. So this entire case is a huge mystery, still is today haven't really gotten much further than this but obviously because of how mysterious it is there's a bunch of theories surrounding it and i'll list some of the theories kind of least popular to most popular um one of the employees actually of the hotel put this forth that she um that she was a flight attendant that sucks to me because if you're a flight attendant you're gonna have some type of id Airports, oh yeah, ID, oh, yeah. and most likely a passport too. But it's interesting that one of the hotel's employees was like, "Yeah," but also, no one really asked about Lewis and none of the. Well, actually, I think the cops originally did ask around the hotel about Lewis, Louis, and people were just like, "Yeah, like I saw a guy with her, but can't really tell you what he looked like or anything." Like, what? <laughs> so, another theory was that she was a sex worker. And I said, no, that doesn't feel right to me. Because even if she was that, I feel like someone would recognize her. Even if it was, like, if she was a sex worker, one of her clients had to at some point, like, come forward. And I feel like also people would have seen someone coming in and out of the room. And she hardly left it, and they said no one else was there. At least from what they thought, so. like They could have seen people going in and out of the room, and that would have been suspicious. But I think, um, like, similar to the case with the Austrian Ripper, a lot of the clients and stuff, like, didn't come forward because they were most likely married and had mm. families. It was like, oh, yeah, I know her. They're like, oh, why? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, just... We hang out on the weekends, like (laughs) we like play cards, you know. Yeah, that's true. And so the next one is that Louis Fairgate was the one to kill her. So it's like "Mm, interesting. And the other was that oh my god, I dropped my chapstick. Um, they said that there was a man across from her room in the room two eight one six. And they said that he was the one to kill her, which was interesting because people said that he was asked questions by the police and just, like, was suspicious, but no one ever found him after he checked out to, like, really question him. So I was like, mm-hmm. Some say also that he had asked about the murder a day before it actually happened and, like, while he was checking out. So I said, what? Interesting. Yeah. So, and they also had his name. I can't remember what it was. It's really irrelevant to me, but they had it. So if they really wanted to go question him, they could have, unless that was fake too, but I don't know. Either way, he checked out. Never seen again. (laughs) 
And last but not least, the biggest theory of all is that she was, in fact, a spy, which I think is very, very likely. Um, they talked about this on the episode of Unsolved Mysteries because there is a man named Oslo Kvager, and he works with Norwegian Intelli Intelligence Service, and he talked about what he thought with this theory on this show. Honestly, he said that in his opinion, there's no way that she committed suicide and that he believes that she was an intelligence officer. And oh, he believes she was? Yes. He thinks that she was, and he also thinks that she was most likely executed. Like, someone had her specifically executed. So, he, the reason he believed this was with the combination of the serial number on the gun being removed, the clothing removed, and the illegal gun, and her even being absent from the hotel for a while. He said that all those are very common occurrences in the world of intelligence agents. With the gun, he said, easily tracked back. So, same with the clothing. They don't want, like, even just designer can be traced back. And then they also said that with her being absent from the hotel, he said it's very common for if an agent is going somewhere that they have a second place to go in case something goes wrong. So he believes that something happened, oh. so she left for that period of time and then came back. Okay. Because I forgot that you had mentioned that none of her clothes had tags on them. Yeah, so that's interesting. And if he works in intelligence and he thinks that I... Because I was already on that track when I, I was reading it. all of this. So, yeah, it's all of that is apparently very common. And a lot of people were like, well, what about the double locked door? And he was like, that eh, don't matter. He said, it doesn't matter if it's double locked, triple locked. He said... If there's an intelligence agent, they're going to be able to get in. He said it doesn't matter. And he said odds are also if they get in, you won't be able to tell that they got in. So I thought That's that was so very scary. interesting. And it is scary. I was like, ugh. He was like, yeah. Because what, what, what floor was she on again? Do you know? I'm not sure what floor it was, but it was really high up. That's all I know. God, imagine this, like, some propelling, like, through your window. That's, like, a whole new fear. I don't know why a spine would want me dead, but now I'm so scared. <laughs> You said they're coming for me. I'm already so paranoid. I'm so scared. But yeah, no. So he said that. But also, this is not. So if we somehow get wrapped up in any of that ever, we're done for. There's no, no. way we would ever escape that because yeah. So they upload this episode anyways. <laughs> also, he said that the reason that no family even has claimed to know her is because that usually the organization that she worked for will take care of it. He said that they would show up to the deceased agent's, like, family, relatives, house to tell them that their relative passed and be like, you know, your daughter, your son was a hero, and then basically give them money for silence. Because that's not good if it comes out that she was a spy and, like, working for so-and-so. So they believe that immediately after she died, they went to the family and was like, keep quiet here's money huh. and but then i was like well what if i mean yeah you could keep quiet for a while they give you money for a little bit and then why not come out later which i mean you'd probably be executed if you did but they said that they actually do pay them normally for like the rest of their lives to keep quiet oh wow so that makes sense why because her family is probably still alive i mean this was only 28 years ago 
So there's someone alive that does know her, and they're just not speaking. So... Like, private funeral, you know? Yeah. So they at least know that she has passed, but won't say anything. And he also said that... Because I was like, well, what about the other side? But also intelligence agents for whatever side executed her they're not gonna say anything because that also implicates them right so it's kind of like so unfortunately like i said to this day we're not any closer to finding out who she was except for she was most likely from eastern germany and is 24 years old at the time of her death and it would be really nice if the case was solved because i feel so bad that she doesn't have a name on a gravestone and also it's just in this unmarked plot in the middle of somewhere she doesn't even live. Like, where she was sent to, most likely, for a mission or whatever. And so it's not even her home. (laughs) Now we just have to wait and hope that maybe someday someone will come home, come home, come out with information. But I also feel like that's unlikely, unless someone's literally on their deathbed and then they say it. Because, I mean, they're not going to execute you. I think it's the only way you. they would if there was a... Yeah, like, they can't execute you if you're already dying, so... That would probably be... Because, I mean, 28 years, I would assume her family, at least parents, would probably be 20 years, 30 years later. And, well... But I also feel like they wouldn't say anything either if they had children, because that could implicate the children, too. So it would probably be, like, if she had siblings. um, Maybe in, like, the next 50 years, we would get something. And if it's just her family, maybe, like, another 30, 40. We'll see. But that's all we have right now. And if you, for some reason, are listening to the podcast and you have information that you would like to share regarding Jennifer Fairgate, you can submit it to the VG newspaper via email at jennifer at vg.no or go to unsolved.com. And if you want more visual, like, they were very good with showing how, honestly, all of these, this mainly the agent theory would play out. You can watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode, and it is, oh, I was right, it's volume two, episode two. I knew it. Memory, good memory. Oh, also, I, I forgot to write it in here, but, so, remember how on the the card that she was, like, filling out for the hotel, I said that her name was typed at the beginning? So, even though it was typed, she had to write out her name a few other times, and when she had to write it out, she would spell it instead of F-A-I-R-G-A-T-E, she would spell it F-E-R-G-A-T-E. Twice. She did that twice. So She had forgotten how to spell it. That, or some people think that it was like a pseudonym or some type of like way to code, or I don't know. But I think that was interesting because I feel like she definitely would know how to spell it. So why? And also, if you're working at the hotel, that's another thing. I'd be like, so which way do you actually spell it? Because <laughs> I'm one of those curious motherfuckers. I'd be like, so which one's the right way? I don't know if you Lewis had to spell his out any more times. I don't think he did because I think she was the one mainly filling out and he was just like her add-on. But very, very, and didn't ask for his ID either because they would have, they fumbled the bag so bad, not checking security footage. Oh, they didn't do anything because they just thought it was a suicide and it was so obviously 
not. And for them to also say 99.9% chance that it was a suicide, I'm like, what? What? So you're dumb. So you're just dumb. Because even if I, like, thought that maybe it could be suicide, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, 99.9% sure that it was. There are so many things in there that can, like, leave room for doubt. All the evidence, unless you don't know how to look at evidence at all. Like, are you sure? Are you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> but yeah, that, I really do suggest watching that. And it's only like a 50 minute video and it's a really good. I should watch more Unsolved Mysteries because I, I liked that. But yeah. It's really good, but I'm like mad that it's not our resolution because we usually get a resolution. Yeah, I know we normally do stuff that has it, but this one still doesn't have it. And even if we do find out that that is the case and that she was working as an agent, there's probably still not going to be justice because odds are we still won't find out who the other person who executed her was. You know? Yeah, but at least, like, I mean, we already know she didn't kill herself, but. Oh, yeah. Just something solid, anything solid would be. Yeah, to at least, at least her name, shit. Like that, I couldn't imagine being buried and no one knowing my name. One thing that doesn't, in my head, make sense is, I understand the family, if they were paid off to like, be quiet, but someone just, like maybe like a friend or something, they wouldn't be informed what she was, if she was an agent. So I'd be... The motherfucker that'd be like, oh, I know that person. And then I'd be yeah. <laughs> executed. Dead. Yeah. Because, I mean, they do think that she dyed her hair, but that's not enough to really... Unless she got Obscure a full, her. like... Yeah, no. Like, cutting and dyeing your hair black, that's not gonna... I'm pretty sure if I cut my hair and dyed it blonde, y'all would still recognize who I am. <laughs> like, No. No. And she, like, yeah. Also, the way she was dressed with the stockings, the heels, like, the black skirt does not look like she was preparing for a suicide. She didn't look also, which you can be depressed and still be, you know, able to, like, shower and make yourself, yeah, look nice. But if you get a hotel room for three days and that's what you're planning on doing at the end of those days then wouldn't you think you know you wouldn't be packing high heels and stockings and like nice coats i would just be hauled up in that room for just contemplating it before going through it and i definitely wouldn't take 25 rounds with me in just a suitcase like what what that's she was ready. She was ready to slay. She looked like she was about to go out. She really did, though. Yeah. But I also think a lot of her clothing was mainly dark. So that is the story of Jennifer Fairgate, which hopefully by the time I at least die, I would like to know what her real name was because damn. Damn. It's yeah. a wild mystery wild story yeah i'd never heard of that yeah i just because i was like oh i want to do a true crime but i like 
mystery ones too, and then Jojo was like, oh, you could do this one. And I said, oh. And then I started reading he's a, he's just the Wikipedia. I said, oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, Norway. What the fuck? Fumbled there. Norway comes for me. Don't come for me. If you're from Norway, you didn't fumble specifically. I'm just saying your police did it in this one instance. Yeah. I'm sure hopefully they're great in other instances. I really hope so. You really. Also, 1990. I feel like that's way later to be not well, fumbling that much. Yeah. Then again, some people fumble still to this day, but. Mm. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> um, what if we, uh, what if we, uh, look up some New Year's jokes? Yeah! Uh, yeah. <laughs> 50 punny New Year's jokes. Oh, these are all just, like, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you said, uh. It's all like, oh, I haven't showered since last year. Uh, like, oh. Ah, shut up. If you use that joke this year or next year, no one likes you. <laughs> Just know, no one likes you. Just know we're all talking about you. And not in the way you prefer. Where can you practice math on New Year's Eve? Where? Times Square. Pardon? Times Square? Like, squared? Oh! I heard- I don't know why I heard Subway. <laughs> the Subway. <laughs> Someone's just yeah. scrawling math on the subway. I really thought. Let's see. Wait, wait, that was a good one, I guess. Now that I know. <laughs> hmm. You suck. That's thing. I don't know why people flock to Times Square on New Year's Eve. They always drop the ball. Uh, like, what the hell? <laughs> These, these suck! This one just says, this year I resolved to be less awesome since that is really the only thing I do in excess. Bitch. What's, what's the, what was the optometrist's favorite New Year's celebration? Um, I don't know. 2020. Oh my god. Well, that one's better than some of these. Oh, these well, are making me well, depressed, shit. actually. Well, <laughs> Happy oh, New Year's, uh, guys! Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's it, bye! <laughs> well, you know, sorry our jokes sucked, but we do hope you had a good New Year's. Or I guess, I hope that you do have a good New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whenever you're listening to this. Just New Year. New Year, new me, 2024. I hope to be more organized, but I think it's also hard because we don't have very much space. But when we do, no, I will I be put to together. Be in a... For us to be in a house. Hey, me too. That sounds nice. Uh, oh, a house and a chore chart. Oh, uh, <laughs> I have a one of those when I ordered stuff, the magnet like dry erase boards that go on the fridge. One's oh, a calendar and yes. one's just a blank one, so we could use that for that. Uh, my New Year's uh, goal is to be into a house with unit laundry. Oh yeah, that would be so nice. Like dishwashing aside, yeah, laundry. Oh man, laundry. Arf, arf, arf. Laundry. I'm so tired of doing. I'm so tired of fucking quarters. Uh, yeah, fucking quarters, and hoping that when I go to get my laundry, it's not sopping wet, and or forcing Cam to come out there and still. wring out. 
my blanket. Or, yeah, hoping that someone's clothes aren't in the dryer or the washer like just sitting hours. there. Yeah, I'm like, are you okay? Like, ooh, ooh. It makes me just want to take it out and drop it on the floor. And I know that's rude, but at the same time, it's rude to leave your stuff in there but when other people... Also rude that we have two washers and two dryers, and we have to share them with both sides of the complex. Right, that's a lot. And one of the dryers doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think they've it. known that. And they're just like, ooh, nah, why is my brother streaming Walmart shopping? <laughs> why are you streaming Walmart shopping, bud? Anyways, that's all we got. Very interesting story, and it's very sad. And I do hope before I die, we'll see. I don't know. But we appreciate you, Gallagher. Oh, wait, no! Tell them where to find us. <laughs> you can okay. find us at Gaggle of Gays on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in Gaggle of Gays and you'll find us. We're the gay little geese. Uh, in the bio, bio, bio? <laughs> in the bios for our Twitter and our Instagram, uh, there's a link to a link tree where you can find us everywhere else. We're streaming at all platforms uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I, there's other ones I just don't know there's what other, we're hey, on. don't, don't know but we appreciate you uh, regardless <laughs> uh, join our discord link will also be in those uh, bios and uh, yeah yeah. happy new years free Palestine happy new years free fucking Palestine god I still can't believe that's happening but yeah still, still to this day worse right now yeah but we will catch you guys next week hopefully taylor will be back with us um but we'll see, see you next year see you next year bye